Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 31 of Retro Hangover. Hello, Internet. Welcome to episode 31 of Retro Hangover, where we are going to be giving you ready, relevant, ridiculousness, rating, rapid, rank, routing, rut row, reggae, it's Retro Hangover Podcast. It's thinking. I'm your co-host, Chris Copline, with your host, recently rad, Shane Kosky. And this week, we have a very special guest, the gray man, Seamus Patrick Burke. Welcome to the show, Seamus. Hey. <laughs> you you weren't kidding about the alliteration. Just like I'm, uh, I'm surprised there are any R words left in uh, in the English language. I mean, there's plenty, <laughs> but I just you know I had to do it at the last minute, so it it, it could have been yeah. a lot better, but it's not. I also want to believe that you included a uh, Scooby Doo reference, mostly for Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, man, that was some sick alliteration, dude. He, need, he needs to be in Mortal Kombat 11 because he's not going to make it to Smash. Sorry. He'd only have to use like him, 10% of his power if he was in MK. So I heard. You can't measure his power. There is no percentage because his power is unlimited. Uh, any case, this is our first major collaboration um, outside of, you know, you know, I guess people who live with each other, even though it's great with our co-host last week which was fantastic nothing to take away from her she was great but um i'll make sure she doesn't listen to this episode thank you chris well she will i already know it so i'm dead in any case (laughs) uh welcome once again i'm just sitting here i don't have a stake in this battle at all (laughs) welcome to the show seamus uh go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit yeah, uh, so I uh, run a show called Gray Man Games, um, and I got the original idea and the name from the fact that I'm a big uh, Game Boy fan. It was my favorite console growing up. I collect Game Boys, um, and I started off talking about Game Boy games, comparing them to uh, the console versions and seeing which one was kind of better. Is the handheld better than the uh, console version? Is the console version better? Are neither of them that good, or neither of, or maybe both of them are great just in different ways? And this year, I've started expanding into Let's Play content. I am currently playing through uh, the entire Mega Man series. As uh, we are recording this right now, this is the day that the finale of Mega Man 5 went up. And uh, we'll be playing that all the way through Mega Man 11. And I may be expanding past that. We don't know yet. I'm still playing it by ear. So that's kind of what I do right now. And I also occasionally review black and white films and cartoons. And I'll say I watch his channel all the time and leave comments uh, as much as I can because I do enjoy his content and do enjoy his show. Uh, you'll We will you. definitely get to where you can find him on the internet towards the end of the show. So please stay to the end of the show uh, so you can find the Gray Man Games and all of other Seamus' works on the internet because there's a lot of it and it's all very good high quality content. Yeah, it's like, uh, a, it's like a Marvel I want you refer movie to, it- to stay till the end of the credits. Exactly. <laughs> I'm what you call a uh, psychotically prolific, just like Marvel. And now that I kind of think about it, just Marvel has just become like a perpetual just hype machine at this point when it comes to the movies. Like they just feed into one another and just keep on, you know, giving and then taking and then just like, you know, the, by the time one has come out, like you're already hyped up for the next one. That is true. That is yes. true. I'm looking forward yeah. to uh, to the next one. What was that um, Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. Yes. This is like a week and a half. Yes. Or something mm-hmm. like that. 
Yeah. Oh God, is it that? Is it that soon? Jesus Christ. Yeah, super soon. Yeah. So in any case, uh, Shane, how have yeah. you been doing lately? What what games have you been playing? What have you been up to? Well, Chris, you would be happy to know that I've been playing this game. You might have heard of it. It's called Final Fantasy IX. Never heard of her. Yeah, yeah it so. just uh, never really went anywhere. It's kind of an indie title. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a little obscure, but you know, um, I'm a. Uh, I, I believe I am close to the end of disc two. So, you know, that's like, by the way, Chris, uh, your, your guesstimate uh, the the other week about how far in I was in terms of hours. I believe it was 12 is what you said. Yeah. Uh, you, you you were not far off. I told you. Uh, Did you just say guesstimate unironically? I just have to point that out. Uh, yeah. So when I'm not moonlighting as a podcaster, I work at a corporate environment. So some of the lingo seeps in. I apologize. Oh, well, I I work in localization, so I wouldn't know what that's like at all. (laughs) But yeah, um, my in-game timer has me at about 15 and change right now. So you you weren't too far off. Yeah, this three is going to take you forever. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If it wasn't for the fact that I had already started, I probably would have picked it up on the Switch. But I'm I'm invested in the in the PS2 version now. So, well. PlayStation. Yeah, game. you're playing it on a proper PlayStation. Like when you say like disc two, like I almost thought you were playing like the Steam re-release or something, and you were just kind of like ballparking like how much shit you were in there. Like I guess I'm on the second disc. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not like some of the albums that I re- still remember like the B side of the cassette tape for or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a, that's why you listen to Slayer because Slayer albums are so short they would just like print like the same album on both sides of the disc, so you can just flip it over and you can listen to it again. <laughs> uh yeah but uh so yeah man other than that um not well really not a whole lot actually um i'm still working through bloodborne actually and i've started on a a ps4 pre-owned purchasing spree now that i actually you know own one uh so there's that although i'm i'm limiting myself to just the playstation platform exclusives because i figure i can pick those other ones up you know on steam or i probably already have because my Steam list is atrocious, and I have more games that I'll ever play before I die. So there you go. When when they when it when it's Steam the, crashes and that's like first world problems for yeah, gamers. It really is. And when Steam crashes yeah. and the entire library moves over to Epic, you can buy them all over again. Don't don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> don't 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 you don't you have that albatross hanging over our heads? <laughs> mm. uh, but uh, yeah, what about you, Chris? What have you been up to since we last spoke? college still i uh this this class i think i said this last week the the class i'm taking right now is a lower level class and it's the root of my existence it's terrible this professor does not teach he does not want to teach he does not want to give examples of what you're supposed to do for the assignments he is providing so uh my class is now down to i think eight active participants since starting out with 25 people on the class list, so that many people have dropped the class. So it's, it's uh, terrible. The culling. Yes. Uh, trying to uh, complete, or not complete, but more beat Kingdom Hearts uh, now that I'm behind. But I got to beat it because that's just my mentality uh, from last week. So I'm going to try and wrap that up. And then I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm going to be in South Carolina for the next week and a half. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to even bring anything. I'm not going to bring my laptop, so I know there's going to be some Steam action going on. Not Steamy action, but Steam action. Uh, I mean, <laughs> hot Steamy action while you're on yes. the go in the Carolinas. I mean, why not both? Uh, yeah. Because my wife's not coming with me. You can ha- probably frown upon that. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a safe answer. I like that one. 
<laughs> Why does it say laptops? Like you gotta you gotta carry the load. Get, like now that the wife's not here. <laughs> I mean, I guess there that is the reason that they make the incognito tab. Not that I know that would be, but uh, uh, yeah, that's that's for shopping for family members, Chris. Of course it of is. Course yeah, it is. Like it, it never. You just you just go to your house and just like Control Shift N or just like worn out on the keyboard because you've just used incognito mode so much. <laughs> this actually just gave me a great idea. Okay, so I probably shouldn't say it because it's going to get out there and then we're going to lose it. So we need to we need to hop on this right away. But uh, clearly, what we need to do is make a specialized keyboard where just those three buttons are a different color, kind of like a WASD gaming board for for gamers, but. But for incognito, I like where this is going. What you mean by incognito? I mean, or it's a uh, secret shoppers. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, and I'm offended by the assertion. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Or you just like you just make the the end key just like out of kind of a material that just somehow doesn't pick up human fingerprints. So even if you like dust it for evidence, like it doesn't show up at all. So it's like you know, hey, like you know, the the crime of nobody is the crime of everybody. You know, just what's going on. <laughs> See, I like where this is going. Really? I'm just talking out of my ass right now. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> that would be an interesting tab on the incognito area. That, this this implies that I have any direction for any of my commentary that I do anywhere whatsoever. I just make it up as I go along. Like, I had someone recently say to me, you carry conversation that I can't get anywhere. And that was very flattering. But I'm like, I just make it up. I just bomb into any situation and just hope for the best. <laughs> well, I think in that case, you're in good company because, you know, if anybody was under some sort of like assumption that we operate on a plan they're sorely mistaken yeah yes is it can't you really say that for like anything on the internet like youtube podcasting whatever it's just like you just throw it up there and you just hope for the best pretty much pretty much it's a million it's a million bottles filled with a million messages in an overcrowded ocean that's super deep we need to take a moment (laughs) to reflect on that (laughs) yeah and moment over okay fantastic and uh seamus uh we all know that You've been playing Mega Man, as you said, uh, on your channel. You're also playing through Resident Evil 2 and yes. Overwatch. But is there anything else you're playing in addition to other than your projects on YouTube? Uh, it, it's I confess I haven't found the balance yet where um, I still have gaming for enjoyment, uh, like versus recording gaming for commentary. Like uh, since uh, like the channel has been up for two years, but the Let's Play content is still like very fresh. I'm kind of, you know, just reaching the end of my first quarter. So I haven't found that um, balance yet, which is a little bit uh, determined by what games have kind of come out. Mm-hmm. That being said, and I'm not going to do any spoilers right now, but one thing I am thinking of expanding after um, uh, either Resident Evil or the Mega Man series is completed is doing more free play stuff. So I wanted to do like free play Friday to see like, either support new developers or see if I can just, like, find weird, kitschy stuff on Steam that, like, you wouldn't find otherwise. Always a good plan. And I found one, um, I'm not going to say what game it is just yet, but there is one where it was so, like, fresh and out there that they hadn't even uploaded a soundtrack yet. And so I just have this kind of gag where I just overdub, like, different royalty-free music over it that I'm just able to get away with. <laughs> I mean, you could either do that or take the uh, the Jim Sterling approach and just put a whole bunch of content ID stuff in there and then nobody can claim it. <laughs> you just have everything playing for exactly 10 seconds and you just rotate out whichever track that's it right. is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Chains of love. Cuz that's it. That's that's <laughs> that's always it. It's a, it's always the 10 second mark where just like all the content ID wolves just start to wake up and they're like, "Hey man, you're using our stuff." <laughs> 
never never mind the fact that I've been tempting fate with that. Uh, Chris can corroborate this, but because um, my favorite band is Rush, I have a running gag in the Mega Man videos where every time I summon Rush to do something, I play a snippet from a different Rush song. And so it's like it's less than five seconds for any time. But I thought, you know, God, like this is just a ticking time bomb. If somebody wants to content ID me, (laughs) fortunately, just start adding the clips up together. Fortunately, they're Canadian, so hopefully they don't care. (laughs) Yeah, they're just very laissez-faire up in Canadian or in in Canada. (laughs) Canada, Uh, damn it, Canada. All right, so uh, so Chris, you're you're kind of taking taking the helm this week. So um, so what what exactly are we talking about? What's our topic du jour? Well, if you haven't noticed yet, uh, our special guest has been playing a lot of Mega Man, and his name is the Gray Man. So we thought we'd tie this all in, and we are going to be doing an episode today on the Game Boy Mega Mans. So, without further delay, the brief history of Mega Man on the Game Boy. Nintendo's Game Boy has been released, and it was a smash success. Despite being far less powerful than Atari's Lynx and the later released Game Gear by Sega and Turbo Express by NEC, it was carrying the day with its more efficient battery life and the addictive-as-crack puzzle game Tetris. Developers were flocking to it. Nintendo had already released a Mario game. Konami brought Castlevania and Contra. Sure, they weren't as good as their full-body console experiences, but they were portable. Everyone was getting into the market. Everyone includes, of course, Capcom, which shouldn't be surprising considering they've made a game for almost every piece of hardware ever. Much as the norm, Capcom was bringing its major franchise, Mega Man, to the platform. Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge, or Rockman World in Japan, was released in the US in December of 1991, shortly before the release of Mega Man 4 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Eight Robot Masters from Mega Man 1 and 2 were used instead of a fresh new lineup, with the addition of being able to gain the abilities of a boss Robot Master that was found before you went to Wily's Castle, something the mainline series didn't even do. You know, Mega Man 3, I'm kind of looking at you with your Doc Robots. I mean, it could have been super cool, but no, you didn't do that. Anyway, uh, Wily's Revenge did some impressive things for an NES franchise, namely... Utilized sprites that were pretty much identical to their NES counterparts, which very few games that had NES equivalents did. Which made Wily's Revenge look all the better compared to its other Game Boy ports. Unfortunately, the adjustments to portable gameplay hadn't completely been made quite yet, as the huge sprites impacted the gameplay, which was artificially difficult with cheap deaths from cramped screen space and horrible balance. Wily's Revenge would not be regarded as one of the better games, but it was the first. Capcom would go on to release four more games in three years in the mainline Mega Man series for the portable behemoth, getting better with each installment. Each game followed a similar formula as the first one. Use four Robot Masters from one game, use four Robot Masters from another game, overlap them with their NES equivalents, and face a boss at the endgame that gave you the weakness to Dr. Wily. Mega Man 5, regarded as the best of the bunch, broke the mold by offering completely new bosses and paid tribute to all the previous Game Boy games with the mid-bosses, essentially, I guess you want to call them, all being in there, giving you their weapons. While the Game Boy Mega Man games were never regarded as better as their NES counterparts, 
they are still must-play games for any Game Boy enthusiast and offer a unique take on a series known for its almost comical staleness. And that is your brief history of Mega Man on the Game Boy. So I want to start off by saying that I made the mistake of beginning with Wily's Revenge, and that game is really bad. It is. It's just, it's tougher than nails. It's yeah. not well designed. It's not a very good game. Yeah, so... Well, and 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 the, and the part that cracks me up about it, since we're just kind of jumping right into it, is... Like it get it does take the time to give proper levels to the Mega Man uh one bosses. You get one for uh Cutman, Iceman, Electman, and uh Fireman. Mm-hmm. So they all get proper stages. But then the other four robot masters, the one that they had for Mega Man 2, they just kind of have the transport system where you would normally refight the robot masters in a regular Mega Man game, and you just get thrown in into basically this boss rush with a bunch of bosses from a completely different game, and then you just get all of their weapons, and then you just go to the final two Wily stages. So Wily's Revenge has a total of six stages. Like, that's that's the end of it. And then it's just like, oh, we gotta fit these other robots in here somehow. Just, just fight them all at once. So you just get weapon, 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 and it's just... You know, it's it's not very it's not a very interesting use of the format. So here's a question, considering I, I only got through about uh, one and a half of those stages. Uh, so the rest of those weapons that you end up getting sort of all crammed into the end, are they are they actually useful in any way after you get them? They're basically useful for fighting the other robot masters. So I'm going to actually have to double check this in my notes, but um, seeing which ones you have to specifically fight. But the four Mega Man 2 bosses that they do have in there, they're bosses where like, uh, you know, their weapon coincides with the weakness of another robot master. Mm-hmm. So it's basically you get a weapon to fight like these other three specific guys in kind of this cramped boss rush right here. And then you fight the Mega Man killer bot, which they have in every single Game Boy game. And then you go fight Dr. Wily and then that's it. Hmm. Well, great. I'm, I'm glad I apparently didn't miss out on too much, but the weaknesses, no, you did not. The weaknesses. You have to say this weaknesses correspond to essentially their, their Mega Man two equivalents. Yeah. So, so they do, they do at least get, uh, that right. And, um, kind of jumping on one topic that, uh, was kind of brought up in kind of the history. So if we're getting into technical specifics, um, so the original NES had a resolution of 256 by 240, and the Game Boy had a uh, resolution of 160 by 144. So in terms of scale, it's like 90% there. But as you guys said, uh, the problem is that you have to scale up the sprites so that they're visible on the screen. And... So in every single one of these games, Mega Man is basically a giant compared to the environment that's around him. Like, it's all these very cramped rooms. Um, it's like he got gigantism out of right. nowhere. And But the real comical part as you go through all five games is that think of, like, the really big enemies that you encounter in any robot in any in any Mega Man game. Like, um, you know, the, the jumping eye thing from the first game. Those things that are supposed to be like a massive obstacle in the typical nes titles are all of a sudden the same size as mega man like he is equal to them so it's like why is this any any kind of hindrance (laughs) i I think what's interesting about that too is that capcom never really nailed that down especially when you get outside of the uh main mega man series until you got to the ds because you think about mega man and base and and how terrible that was with scaling 
Um, I'm trying to think of it. Oh, the, the, the Game Boy version of Mega Man and Base is like borderline unplayable. Yeah. I've tried to play it before and I just literally can't And do even it. Mega Man on the Game Gear suffers from a lot of the same issues. It's just they, they could never figure out how to balance it until they got to the Nintendo DS when it came to Portable and Mega Man series. And by the way, this was, this was for Capcom uh, Game Boy uh, like adaptations across the board because uh, last year I did... Uh, a two for episode on the DuckTales games because um, they had the uh, the new DuckTales cartoon um, premiering on Disney XD. So I couldn't pass up that cross promotion. And the DuckTales games suffer from the same problem. They like rotely copy the uh, console versions and they just kind of take the same gameplay and just cram it into kind of a tighter space to the point where depending on where you can uh, interact with like the edges of the screen. Like it will actually kill you. There's a portion in the Amazon level where if Scrooge jumps up against it on the pogo stick, it will just kill him instantly. So (laughs) the sprites are basically struggling against the cramped environment. It's like a glitch that they never kind of figured out. And in the case of DuckTales 2, it even repeats the flaws of the console version. Like the fact that you have to replay Transylvania three times in order to beat the game. I'm like, you couldn't come up with an original level. Like you're adapting like a, you're, this, this is a port. You can add a new level if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, well, at least on a somewhat related note, the, uh, the the HD remaster of that game turned out pretty well. Oh, uh, I even I even cited that um, because um, in, in the video I mentioned uh, that that was actually it, it was like the set it was like the penultimate performance that Alan Young gave as uh, Scrooge mm-hmm. like he appeared in a couple of uh, Mickey Mouse shorts doing the voice but like um, as far as DuckTales was concerned like that was the last hurrah for uh, him and for June Foray that was the last time she voiced Magicka Dispel before she passed mm-hmm. away yeah that's true yeah Oh, um, I was just going to say, so I looked this up. Uh, the bosses that you in Dr. Wily's Revenge that you fight for Mega Man 2 are Quick Man, Bubble Man, Flash Man, and uh, Heat Man. So those are all four guys where their weaknesses correspond pretty well to each other. Yeah, th- And that would be... You just get their weapons just dumped on you, and then you fight uh, Anchor, who is the Mega Man, the special boss for that game. He's like kind of a swordsman. And then you get his weapon, and then you fight Dr. Wily, and then that's it. But I would say that that's a quality of a lot of the Game Boy games. And, and briefly before I transition, what I was going to say, a- another good quality of the Game Boy games, you're talking about DuckTales, which they, they pretty mm-hmm. much tried to port, you know, screen for screen from DuckTales from the NES game into the Game Boy game. Like they tried to make a one for one port essentially. But with yeah. Mega Man, even though they're bringing over the same robot masters, the levels were completely original designs. Even if they had the original music, the levels themselves were completely different than their NES counterparts. There was almost no similarity between the two, which you got to give them credit for that. There's that is one thing I'll compliment is that as the Mega Man Game Boy titles go on, the environments get like a little bit more elaborate and they kind of start to resemble uh, their console counterparts a little bit better. And part of the reason I was inspired to do reviews of Game Boy games in the first place is that I usually play them on a Game Boy player on the TV. So you kind of get to appreciate the intricacy of what they did with four colors like in this uh, in this kind of like limited format. You see like all the there's a crazy amount of detail that is in some really old Game Boy games that you weren't able to appreciate because it's on a tiny screen that doesn't have a light on it. (laughs) But you just kind of see what they do now and you're like, holy shit. But then you um you know, you play Dr. Wily's Revenge and they hadn't completely worked that out yet. So it's just in these very abstract kind of like almost circuit board environments that kind of don't really have a lot of detail or um, any, uh, you know, like uh, sp- spruce to the environments. 
Yeah, I mean, that was like night and day. Because I, like I said, I started with Wily's Revenge and I got about a level and a half into it. And I was like, well, this is going in the garbage. And then from there, <laughs> yeah. I, I basically, well, actually, I skipped to four uh, and started playing that. I got about halfway through that one. And actually, I would have finished it um, had I not uh, accidentally overwrote my, my save state. However, um, so at that point, I just went to five because Chris was telling me that that's the one that I should be playing anyway. Uh, and so I checked that one out and man, it is like, it is night and day between that first one and that one, like five is pretty solid. And this is coming from someone which we'll probably touch on in a little bit here, but this is coming from somebody who, um, has like zero nostalgia for Mega Man. Like I never played it growing up. I, I actually kind of disliked the series for the most part, but I, I feel like I've kind of come around to it a little bit. Uh, yeah, and I'm kind of the opposite. Like, you know, I remember beating uh, Mega Man 3 like the first summer after kindergarten. So like, you know, and I uh, like you, I didn't play Mega Man 5 uh, for the Game Boy until I was an adult. And so you just it is literally a hidden gem. Like it does so many things that are like completely different from not just the Game Boy games, but also the entire, you know, classic Mega Man series. But it does it in a very like very good way in a way that I think like kind of paid off. Yeah, no, definitely. I wouldn't really call it hidden. I mean, any game that demands at least a $100 price tag isn't exactly, you know, hiding hiding in plain sight. Yeah, that's one thing we should mention is that, like, and that's not even talking about the release price. It's also the fact that Mega Man 5, because it was released uh, towards the end of the original Game Boy's life cycle, uh, it's also one of the most expensive carts if you try to go for the used market. So I think Mega Man 5 gets somewhere up where around... 100 or 200 dollars or something like that i wouldn't even say it was released towards the end of the game boy's life but it was released in that that void uh time frame where it was like it was like what released 1994 right so it had been five years after the game boy had been released which it's aging hardware uh but at the same time it had been released before pokemon came out so the game Before, like, Pokemon just re-exploded the game. Right, <laughs> so it, it was re- released in that time period where Game Boy hype was starting to go down because you're already transitioning over to, like, the third generation of main console games that uh, the Game Boy had been around for. So, like, it had been around for the NES, the Super NES, and now N64 and PlayStation, and it had not upgraded at all. So, like, why would you... And it's a fifth Mega Man, and if you play the NES Mega Mans, there wasn't much of a difference, especially because, like, the last, what was the last NES Mega Man release, 92 or 93? Uh, it was 93. That was when Mega Man 6 right. came out. And everyone was kind of getting tired on Mega Man, especially Mega Man fans, if I remember correctly. And Mega Man 7 was in limited release even in 94, 95. And that was, that's a hit, that's a pricey game too, because it kind of had the same release schedule, because I think Capcom was starting to focus on other things, and rightly so. Well, they were focusing on the, on the X series, which is like, you know, takes the Mega Man template, yeah, right, just kind exactly. of like ramps it up to 11. Like, that was like the new hotness. Yeah, and, and definitely, I mean, why would you continue to invest in traditional Mega Man when Mega Man X is the killer app for Mega Man anyway? Yeah, just like I, I, as much as I love the classic series, I will totally cop to the fact that like the first Mega Man X game for the Super Nintendo is like not just one of the best Super Nintendo games, but probably one of the best platformers ever. Like that game is amazing. So Mega Man for the Game Boy. So we talked about Mega Man 1 and we briefly talked about Mega Man 5. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about Mega Man yes. 5. I'm kind of going in sequence a little bit, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Yeah, we not formally talked about Mega Man 5 briefly, but so let's move on to yeah. Mega Man 2, which I have not played so 
Seamus, I'll just have to say this about Seamus briefly. He is pretty much the subject matter expert when it comes to Game Boy Mega Man's. So we will be relying on a lot of his input throughout this episode for the games we have not played. And as far, I don't know about Shane, but I know I have not played Mega Man 2 for the Game Boy. Well, uh, uh, I have not. Th- this is this is a hilarious one to kind of pass over to me because believe it or not, um, Mega Man 2 for the Game Boy uh, kind of has like a storied history and not exactly a good one. Uh, so just throwing down this gauntlet, uh, Keiji Inafune considers that to be the worst Mega Man title under his watch. Like he 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 hates Mega Man Two for the Game Boy. Um, and I went back and I replayed uh, all of them like before uh, we sat down to do this, so I could have everything that was just like fresh in my mind. Now, to the game's credit, uh, it is better than Wily's Revenge. Um, it's a low bar, it, 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 low bar to cover, but it do, or to clear, but it does, <laughs> but it does clear it. So. Um, of the robot masters that it has from Mega Man 2 and it has from Mega Man 3, it is very representative of their original levels and their original, like, uh, weapons and uh, fighting. Um, and plus, so it has the original version of the Rush Jet that you could fly in uh, any direction before it, like, put you on a set path from Mega Man 4 onward. Uh, so it's the broken version of the Rush Jet, basically. And then you comp- you pair that up with the Metal Blade, because Metal Man is in, the, is in this game. Like, it's just broken central. Like, every long play that I've seen of Mega Man 2 on YouTube is, like, 45 minutes at most. It is not a very hard game to beat. But, um, My kind of game. Yeah. But where kind of the, kind of the negati- negativity comes in. So Capcom mostly had their ports for the Mega Man Game Boy games handled uh, by a second party. Um... Every game except two was handled by uh, Minakuchi Engineering. Uh, they handled all of the ports. So I'm assuming when they got to later ports, like especially four and five, uh, they just Capcom just kind of gave them more freedom. But for two, that was handled by a group named uh, Biox, uh, who weren't exactly as familiar with the Mega Man franchise. So they managed to kind of get the gameplay down from like existing elements from the other ones. But a bunch of the new stuff that they fit put in really didn't fit with um Inofune's or like Capcom's vision for how they wanted the franchise and part of that problem is that it just throws in fucking time travel <laughs> not that you would <laughs> this is starting to remind me of our discussion of Kingdom yeah. Hearts uh, a couple episodes yeah. ago oh uh, well god talk about Kingdom Hearts like Katie bar the door we'll be here all night but um <laughs> side note i wanted to mention this when you brought it up earlier but kingdom hearts 2 almost broke me back in the day like i just i i just like was trying to complete everything i was trying to get all the pages for jiminy cricket's diary and i'm like i am but a man jiminy i can't do this (laughs) and i i didn't play jrpgs for years i remember for my birthday uh after I just kind of threw that game aside, I got Resident Evil 4 and uh, God of War. So it was all action platformers for me for a while. Like, I just needed to cleanse myself from the abusive longness of Kingdom Hearts 2. But that's a that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> it's a good detox. Yeah. But uh, so Mega Man 2. And by the way, not that you would know any of that just from playing the game, because this was still in the era where you only knew the story of Mega Man if you read like the manual. Like uh, they don't they it wasn't until, I think, post Mega Man 3 where they're like, hey, why don't we actually put cutscenes in the game so we know what the fuck we're, what is going on here? So the plot of Mega Man 2, such as it is, is not only has Dr. Wily rebuilt his robot masters to fight Mega Man again, but he has also gone 30 years in the future and kidnapped the Mega Man from the future and turned him into an evil robot. So he's like the special boss that you have to fight uh, in the game. It's your evil future self. And he's renamed him as Quint, 
And Quint is basically Mega Man with evil, angry, like, shades. Like, they're, like, sunglasses on his helmet that are kind of pointed downwards in the in the angry eyebrows. And he is on a pogo stick, and he throws <laughs> bombs. Those are the only upgrades that Dr. Wily has added. And he is probably the easiest of the special bosses in any of the Mega Man Game Boy games. Like, you, you don't even need a special weapon. You can just defeat him with, like the regular Mega Buster in like less than two minutes and you get his pogo stick and your pogo stick is your special weapon that you use to defeat Dr. Wily. So essentially you as Mega Man are fighting the American version of Mega Man after he defeated Yonoid. It, you know what he kind of looks like? Because um, if you go by the manual artwork, like it kind of has like a lot of uh, greens in there. It kind of looks like you're fighting the uh, Mega Man from the Captain N cartoon. Uh. Like if he had a voice, it'd be like, Mega High, I'm from the future and I'm going to kill you or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, your your pogo stick, if you look at the artwork, also has angry eyes on it. Like it's because this was in that era of gaming, especially in Mega Man, where just everything had to have a face. <laughs> You know, based on those decisions that Wiley made for all this, it kind of makes you wonder how he got as far as he does, you know? Oh, God, just you even just playing the mainline titles. I just look at some of Dr. Wiley's like engineering or design decisions and I'm like, uh, the scientific community was right to reject you. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so it does a pretty good job of copying the levels and the bosses from Mega Man 2 and 3. But it's when you get to the end game that the entire game starts falling apart. Because you have the lame battle with Quint. The time travel doesn't really amount to anything. And then when you get to the final, like, Wily level, first of all, the background is nothing but, like, warped clocks to kind of run with the time travel thing. Like, that's the only hint, if you didn't read the manual, that this that time travel has to do with something. It's just, you have, like, M.C. Escher clocks in the background. That's about as on the nose as calling your uh, island Destiny Yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then you get to Wily himself. And um, I was talking about how there's the weird scaling between um, Mega Man and a bunch of the uh, bosses. If you look at the sprites uh, that they have for the Wily capsule, like the Wily capsule is almost the same height as Mega Man. And then you have this minuscule Dr. Wily head that is just kind of peering out of the uh, peering out of the cockpit. It's about like the size of just like your thumbprint, like uh, if that it's or even your pinky, like his head is just so tiny. Like Mega Man is a giant compared to Dr. Wily, like. Maybe something went wrong in the time stream and Dr. Wily came back small, but it's just like it's it's one of the lamest final boss fights you will ever see. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't imagine that anybody would got like super hyped up when going into the final portion of that game. You ended up getting a pogo stick as a reward. Yeah. I'd just be like, mm, you know what? Maybe I don't need to finish this game. I feel like I'm good. Not, 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 not the most like, not the most dignified weapon. You know, we were talking about Final Fantasy and just like you think Waka throwing a soccer ball is kind of like a lame weapon. Like, you know, imagine just giving him a pogo stick instead. <laughs> I would say that the pogo stick justifies fighting an alien with bubble lead. <laughs> Well, that was that was at least like a cool fight. You're fighting an alien and you're in space. Like, um, that's that's one thing. Go, like replaying the classic titles that I've kind of noticed is that Capcom kind of had like more of a like rise sense of humor as kind of the franchise went on like the classic series is more funny than we give it credit for um, and I'm going to be playing uploading Mega Man 6 next week and that was the one where they you know they've had like a fake villain and then it turns out it's Dr. Wily like for Mega Man's 4 through 6 and so for Mega Man 6 they just introduced Mr. X and it's literally Dr. Wily with sunglasses and a beard on he might as well have Groucho glasses but I kind of thought like <laughs> okay Capcom you're being lazy about this but you're being lazy in a hilarious way like that like I had to admit that was kind of funny I, I almost wonder I know I know we're getting to the NES aspect but when you talk about Mr. X I think it was almost I wonder if that was self-referential to their 
stuff that they're doing in blues and Cossack. Oh yeah, at, at absolutely. Like um, and at, that was one thing I kind of mentioned in uh, my Mega Man Five playthrough is that I feel Mega Man Five is kind of like the most average of the classic titles. It's like not it's far from bad. Like I would recommend the original six to anybody, but that was the one where it's just like eh, I mean it's all right, which is just such a nebulous thing to talk about like it would be one thing if it was really good or if it was really bad but it's just like average which is kind of the hardest stuff to talk about you know what i mean it's to the point where with the finale that i uploaded today i freely admitted that i ran out of stuff to talk about so i just started talking about whatever uh, like while i got while i tried to beat the final boss uh, it's a- <laughs> i might as well had one of those like conversation <laughs> generators that you find on uh, on the internet next to me it's a, it's a game it's a game <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My, episode four is literally titled i, I mean it's all right but it's just, <laughs> you could like even i'm shrugging with the video <laughs> description <laughs> so Mega Man three uh once again seamus i have not played this shane yeah so i i kind of like touched into most of these but I, I didn't really get all the way through them the the majority of my playtime was with like one and four and five and uh yeah three i would say is like firmly in the middle like um you have the first two which are kind of, <laughs> as the yeah. three is well, I, like in every sense of the word like both literal and like subjectively like uh because you have the first two which are just kind of like you know not that good and then you have four and five which are like surprisingly good and then you have three which is like improved on the first two but it's not that pushover thing where it's like this is actually like a legitimately good game it's it's like uh it's like the Lacroix water of Mega <laughs> it's the it's the uh it's like the it's like the spicy rice cake of just like Mega Man's. it's like you know better than like a plain rice cake but it's still <laughs> it's still a rice cake um it does have one of the best designs that i've seen for like so they the the special mini boss that they throw in for every game they call those the Mega Man killers like dr wiley's like this is the thing that will literally kill Mega Man. and by the way i'm amazed that they got away with just naming something straight up kill in um in any kind of like thing that you would see for children but um well it was but a it has a, it has my favorite of uh the designs it has a uh, punk who lo- he lives up to his description he's got like the mohawk he's got like these big shoulder pads he kind of like attacks you by spinning like he probably has my best design uh, my favorite design out of all of them um but one thing uh i liked about the mega man titles kind of going through it is that you could they got like a little bit more liberal with kind of like the between level like artwork like when Mega Man's getting a new weapon or like he's flying to Dr. Wily's palace like especially combined with the black and white um color like it gets like very gothic at certain points and it has some of the craziest designs for like Dr. Wily's castle like um uh three it like basically uh is kind of like a a battleship it's like something you know something like Mega Man has to like leap on and just kind of like you know take by siege and then in the fourth game it's basically like the technodrome like it's just you take that giant eyeball off the technodrome in ninja turtles and then you just replace it with a dr wily skull and that's exactly what the design is <laughs> my personal favorite they kind of get and by that same token they get a little bit busier with like the uh the backgrounds a bit where they start including a little bit more detail they get away from the circuit board design that i kind of mentioned uh from dr wily's revenge and they just they get as elaborate as they can with, like, black, white, and, like, two shades of gray, which, you know, even if it's not as good as the console version, I still have to give credit and say, like, you know, it's at least, like, very good for, like, the format that they were designing it for. Well, uh, by, by that point, a lot more developers were getting a lot more comfortable with the Game Boy. When, when yes. you look at 
uh, Castlevania Belmont's Revenge being a huge step up from uh, the Castlevania Adventure and Super Mario World 2 being a huge step up from Super Mario World. And Link's Awakening is like, was coming out around this time, too. So, like, this was when the Game Boy was really firing on all cylinders in, in the classical sense, but, you know, pre-Pokemon Game Boy. And so by that, you meant Super Mario Land, right? Super Mario Land, yes, of course. Okay, yeah. But... Which, by the way, since you brought that up, like, so a thing with early Game Boy titles is that I feel like because uh, it was going to be a portable console, I feel like they didn't really have as much incentive to make as very, like, long games or as, like, detailed games. Because um, a lot of the early ones are what I refer to as, like, school bus length, where you can beat it in about 20 minutes on your ride to school. Um and so not only did they not make the games as long, they also kind of dumbed down the difficulty or they ramped up the difficulty because, you know, they didn't have as many levels in the Game Boy version and they wanted to give you like bang for your buck. Um, there was one game in particular that um, in the early days of my channel, I reviewed um, Follow the Foot Clan, which is the first Ninja Turtles uh, Game Boy game. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, well, like, it's 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 competent, like it's a little bit closer to the arcade game than it is to like the ridiculously hard like first Ninja Turtles game. <laughs> but it has something that I have never seen in any game before or since. It has the stage select right there on the start screen when you're selecting your turtle. Like you don't have to enter a code. You don't have to enter a password like stage select. Bam, like right there for you. Um, And of course, you don't get the ending of the game unless you play like you begin at stage one and you play all the way to the end of stage five. Right. But it's like, why the hell would you do that? Like you would just like play whatever level you want um, and then just kind of like just do whatever, you know, it get like there's no incentive to kind of play it from beginning to end. Hmm. That's interesting. So like if you were to skip directly to the last level, then you're saying it would like it purposefully wouldn't give you the it would just go back game. it would just go back to the start screen it would ah, it wouldn't okay. let you progress progress anything else um but you could so bounce you around have, like, though right like in between those levels like you could do it out of order well like yes like um you know you would have to restart the game but you could totally do it but mm-hmm. like you know like i said you don't get the ending and you don't get any of the between level cutscenes unless you start at one and you go all the way to five um that is a weird choice mar- yeah so there was like Basically, there was this, like, era of just, like, really concise Game Boy games. Like, the original Mario Land would kind of fit into that realm, Mm because you could beat that game in, like, 20 minutes. Um, But then you kind of have, like, more detailed Game Boy games where they kind of felt like they were going to make them an experience unto themselves. Um, And those are the ones uh, that I felt kind of got, like, a little bit experimental, because they couldn't render things one-to-one like they could with the console version. So it's like, let's do whatever weird shit we want and then just kind of see if we can fit it onto this tiny screen. Like, that's where you get games like Mario Land 2. That's where you get Belmont's Revenge, which is, like, one of the few Castlevania titles that has, like, completely original monsters. And that's how you get Mega Man's 4 and 5. Speaking of Mega Man 4... Yes. Yes. Shane, you... We just all went like George Decay there for a moment. Yes, let's talk about it. <laughs> Shane, Shane you've, you've, you've played this a little bit recently. How about I, I did, uh, yes. you, you start us off on this one? Uh, well, Chris, I will tell you that it was um, a pleasant change um, going from Wily's Revenge, for sure. Um, I, like I said earlier, I basically jumped directly. I, I I just dropped Wily's Revenge and then loaded up four right away. And I was like, man, this is so much better. And the funny thing is, is... Um, I've, I've actually tried to play the Mega Man games before, uh, not the Game Boy ones specifically, uh, more of the mainline titles. And, uh, as I said, I gotta be honest, I've never really enjoyed them that much. Um, I never understood the appeal because it seemed like they were like 
obtusely difficult just for the sake of being difficult in some places and and the fact that you kind of had to like know well you didn't have to but it really helped to know what order to get the the boss weapons in and so i feel like that just kind of put me off for a very long time but um <laughs> jumping into four i i i may have had game facts up on another screen and uh i think in conjunction with kind of having a better sense of uh like a you know suggested route through the game uh in, in addition to perhaps the ability to save my game whenever i needed to i don't know how one would do that but let's just go with it um it it made the experience a lot more enjoyable for me because <laughs> i funnily enough even though chris like you know that i'm a huge dark souls fan so you'd think uh-huh. that this is completely counterintuitive right but I I really get turned off very easily by kind of the some of the mechanics in those in the Mega Man games where you know it's like oh well that was kind of a cheap death or I didn't see that coming and now I've got to start all the way back at the beginning of the level and for some reason I am totally okay with that if I'm playing like a Soulsborne game but as soon as I get into something like Mega Man it just makes me want to give up and never touch it again. I can't I can't express why that is. I don't know why but that's just how I feel about it. But having said all that, um, I actually did enjoy four. I'm probably going to go back and actually try to play through it again, because like I said, I got halfway through it. I finished the first four uh, bosses and then I lost my save because I was an idiot. Um, so I think I'd like to finish that one just to see it through to the end. Um, if for nothing else than the, um, you know, dollar store technodrome. <laughs> I, I will say that, like, I think if it weren't for five, like, introducing as many original elements as it does, like, I think four would probably be the best regarded of, like, the uh, the Mega Man Game Boy games. Because you are right, like, it kind of uh, worked out, like, all the all the kinks and it kind of, like, managed to make, like, a good uh, Mega Man experience for the Game Boy. Yeah, and, well, so there's something, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit here, so, you know, I mean, feel free to stop me if you want, but um, mm-hmm. one of the things that I actually really enjoyed about 5 that I noticed right off the bat was um, suddenly uh, the uh, energy replenishment items and things like that were um, strangely more prolific than they were in the previous uh, titles. Uh, and I don't know if, if I, I assume that that was a purposeful design choice that went into that, but it certainly made five a lot more enjoyable for me because, um, you know, in addition to the the typical sort of like stage layouts where, you know, you'll find those uh, those life replenishing items, you know, very sparingly, but they're usually tucked away in a corner somewhere. Or you have to do some kind of special jump to get to it or what have you. Um, Got to have rush. Right, right. And so they still have those, but um, then I noticed that enemies were also dropping those um, far more frequently, and, and it might not might be, and, um, and Seamus, you might be able to keep me honest on this one, but I don't believe, or at least I didn't see just your sort of run-of-the-mill enemies dropping like full health replenishment items in the previous titles. That's something like uh, I, I kind of forget the frequency off the, uh, the top of my head, so um, like that's something that i can't really like confirm or deny like either way but um kind of expanding on your point i think it also helps that four and five is are the first games that introduce the uh shop system Mm -hmm. so if you were feeling kind of just like really strapped in a certain level you can just like save up for a bunch of chips and you can just go to dr light's lab and you can just like buy an extra life or you can buy an extra e-tank or something like that or something that'll like reduce the damage that you take just it gives you like a little bit of like a a cushion and um 
By the way, that was the first Mega Man game where that got introduced. They um, included the shop in Mega Man 7 onward, but, like, uh, the the handheld title is the first place that they kind of, like, tried it out. Like, which kind of goes back to my earlier point of the fact that because handhelds, like, have less writing on the line than a big AAA, like, console title, like, that's kind of where they get, like, a little bit experimental, both with, like, gameplay features and just kind of, like, you know, the kind of um, content that they can just kind of throw in there. So that was one that just kind of like paid off a little bit more down the line. Yeah, because I mean, that that definitely is a bit of a double edged sword. But in that case, it definitely worked out because at least anecdotally from from my own personal experience, as far as I'm concerned, that was a like across the board improvement. And actually, now that you bring that up, that that actually may be why I um, I can handle uh, like a Dark Souls game. Uh, better than Mega Man because at least then you still have a little bit of a cushion. You know, you've got your Estus Flask, you've got some other things that you can use, what have you. That you know, if you if you fuck up, then at least you know you'll still be able to um, you know kind of catch yourself a few times before you get mercilessly slaughtered. Whereas in most of the the earlier Mega Man titles, it was just like, well, you've got X amount and that's it. So if you screw this up, then enjoy going back to the beginning of the stage. So. Uh- I, I, a lot of um, uh, prominent people like um, like Aaron Hansen and stuff like that have kind of theorized that that's why um, when it came to Castlevania, that's why Symphony of the Night really took off like that whole format, the Metroidvania format is because previous Castlevania, it's just like you've got the whip, you've got these items like go kill those fuck you if you can't do it like um, but uh, Symphony of the Night, it's like if this part's too hard, you can go to another part of the castle or grind or you can like try to find this special armor or you can get this healing item or something. There's like cushions all over the place as opposed to like, you know, a Dark Souls type game where it's just like all of your wit and cunning. Like, you know, it's all on you as a gamer. Like you can't attach an extra thing that will kind of like, you know, cushion the blow of the enemy a little bit. I I would even I would say that's true for Castlevania, but I think Mega Man because Mega Man had a game like that, too, with Mega Man ZX and ZX mm-hmm. Advent, but those games didn't really take off. Yeah. Yeah, they're also portable titles, you know, we're on the subject, and um, they, they didn't really take off either, because I think just by that time, the Mega Man formula was so unique to Mega Man that people, when they expected to play Mega Man, they expected to play that format. Yeah. And, there, and you know, that kind of ties into a whole other story where just, like, you know, um, all throughout the Mega Man X series, like, you know, uh, Inafune was trying to push, like, you know, Zero as much as he could. But they're like, no, no, we still got to stick to Mega Man. And then he finally got his, like, title where Zero is the main character and just, like, nobody bought it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, stop trying to make Zero happen. It's not going to happen. Everyone wants to be Zero. Well, like, and it's not even that I dislike Zero. It's just the fact that, like, you know, we, we come here for Mega Man. You know, it's like, quit trying to, like, you know, you know shove this other thing down our throat like now that being said when you had both mega man and zero like you had the option between the two that's completely fine but like somehow you just take that one thing away and it just kind of ruins the entire experience yeah no for sure so uh so so gentlemen i think we are we are getting up close to time so Um, um, we should probably go over five really quick and then we should uh, probably uh call it so what makes what makes five so unique for those of you who haven't played it um First of all, uh, I think they knew going into it that this was going to be the final one because it does have the feeling of like a grand finale. It has all of the mini bosses from the other games come back and it does that thing when you always reach it, you know, the end of the road is that you go up into space. This is the Mega Man game where you go into space and you fight enemies that are from space. Um, and all of the robot masters are themed after a planet. So you have Mercury, Venus, uh, Jupiter, just all the way down the line. But they don't have designs like any other Robot Master in any of the other games. They're all completely unique. They all have different 
proportions. Some are bigger, some are smaller, some are agile, some are stronger. Like, and all their weapons are really good, and um, all their designs are really good. Their levels are really fun. Um, and instead of the traditional Mega Buster, it gives you the Mega Arm, which lets you shoot with the same power as the Mega Buster, but it kind of like extends the hand outward. And so if there's an item or something like that within reaching distance, it'll kind of just like boomerang it back to you. So it's like a really unique game mechanic that I'm kind of sad that they didn't uh, run with before. So the one thing I did notice about that, though, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think with the with the inclusion of of the well, what I will um, heretofore refer to as the mega fister. Um, <laughs> this so, <power>. so so with that inclusion, I noticed when I was playing it that, I mean, there is a limited range on that, whereas you're charged up for the charged up shot and. I, I believe the charge up shots of the Mega Buster that didn't have a limited range, right? No, it just like shot off the screen like a typical, um, like a typical, you know, Buster shot would. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. I because I noticed that kind of tripped me up a few times, um, like transitioning from four to five because I'd kind of like misjudge where I was in relation to like an enemy on the screen and just completely, cut, you know, just sort of. Gra- like graze his face with my fist. Well, the, <laughs> that was about it. I have, to, I have to say this about Mega Man Five though: everything's upgradable. So yes. like, I kept dying repeatedly. Um, I don't know why. I thought I I just had difficulties with Mega Man Five. I probably was in the mood. I'm just going to use that as an excuse. But um, get good. It, it seemed like Doctor Light took pity on me and told me your uh, Mega Arm, Mega Fister, has been upgraded, and then like the range extended and it got a lot more powerful. And like Seamus. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. That happens if you get a certain amount of game over. So that is kind of just like a little bit of in-game pity that they throw your way. But that is a, that is a, <laughs> definitely a feature of the game. Well, thank you, thank oh, you, Seamus, well, for making job, me Chris. feel better about my aptitude. <laughs> but in any case, hey, you just got to get good. I don't know. You just had to get better. Yeah, get good. Um, but then again, that it, that gives you an incentive to get a bunch of game overs because then you get this thing that will genuinely help you while playing the does. game. <laughs> Yeah, excuse me, BRB, gonna go die like ten times. <laughs> but um, like just a minute one from the first stage, you just throw yourself in a pit a couple dozen times. <laughs> Doctor Light's just like, what the fuck are you doing, <laughs> Mega Man? I built you to not do that. Like, <laughs> I started, I started out with Neptune, and I I got increasingly that's a smart choice. Fr- uh, frustrated, but um, Neptune is one of the harder ones. Um, but the one that always used to really uh mess with me when I first played the game was uh Pluto which is like kind of the cat-like kind of uh, enemy. And just like Pluto will straight up fuck you up. Like Pluto is like, maybe Pluto was resentful because it's no longer a planet. Like it saw that the writing was on the wall and it just decided to take it out on you. But like, (laughs) I I don't think you have to do this, but I remember during my first time, I actually switched through two different sub weapons, like because somehow that strategy just kind of worked for me. And other playthroughs I've seen shown that you didn't have to do that, but I'm just kind of like, no, 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 this guy's extra tough. I need to kind of get like a, extra strats on it i've got to see if i can do something out of the box <laughs> it's like pluto's mad because he's not a planet like mighty number nine's mad because he's not a real mega man in any case <laughs> well mm. he was gonna he was gonna be mega man in all but name and now he's just like not even that anymore and now so. and now he's just he's just a five dollar bargain bin dumpster fire um and and here you thought the mighty number nine burns were over <laughs> But, like, what I was saying is, like, all these... They'll never be over. All, all these things are upgradable. So, I guess in Mega Man 4, you had the ability to get, like, screws, much like you can get in Mega Man 7. So, like, you have this transition in between Mega Man 6 and Mega Man 7, and the Game Boy games at that point were really filling that gap. So, you could upgrade... They were, like, bridging it. Yeah. yeah. You could you could upgrade your Mega Fister 
So you could, like, grab onto the enemy and repeatedly do damage to it. Or you could boomerang the weapons back, like Seamus was saying. Or you could get all the other upgrades, like, um, where you pick up a, uh, a weapon refill and it automatically upgrade it for you without having to switch your weapon in the menu system, which I think was in previous Mega Man games anyway. But it was really bridging that gap, and you didn't really see that a lot in Game Boy games, where they would bridge the gap in between the NES iterations and their Super Nintendo iterations. And I think that's why 4 and 5 really stick out in the eyes of a lot of the people who love the Game Boy games, is because they were essentially a continuation of the Mega Man games, especially 5, because 5 was so unique. Uh, it, it took a different angle to how Mega Man was performed without making it its own series. It was still a Mega Man mainline series, but it's the only one that does it on the Game Boy or any real portable thing that borrows from, like Extreme or Mega Man and Base, that doesn't have a direct correlation to what was going on with the consoles. And I think that's what makes Mega Man 5 so unique and, you know, special and, you know unfortunately it's $100, but if you can find a way to emulate or play it by other means, absolutely do it because it is that unique sort of game. Well, um, since you mentioned that, so the thing that I recommend is, um, so the original card for Mega Man uh, 5 is uh, ridiculously expensive. Uh, as I said, it's like $100 or $200 um, on eBay. Um, they do make cheaper reproduction cards, but those aren't official ones. Those are ones you get from like somebody's Etsy shop or something like that. So what I recommend is... Um, in the early 2000s, they did uh, anniversary collections for, like, the GameCube and PlayStation 2 that had, the um, had like, one through eight, like, all of the mainline titles at that point. They also did that for the Game Boy. So um, they did it for the Game Boy Advance. So if you go on eBay, they have an anniversary collection for the GBA, and you can play all five of the original games for 20 bucks. Or um, you can also, last time I checked, you could get it on the 3DS eShop. So that is also a possibility. Uh, okay, yeah. I was actually just going to ask that. Yeah. Like, basically anything, like, of the main stuff, like Zelda, Mega Man, Mario, you can play it on the 3DS eShop. But, like, you got options that are more affordable than the original cartridge. I actually, th I thought the Mega Man official Mega Man Anniversary Collection for the Game Boy was an unofficial release. If I'm, unless, unless you can correct me. Um, no, I believe it was. Um, but if it's not, uh, like I said, like, the eShop is probably, like, the, um, the most official way that you can probably go right now. So, um. I'll, I'll have to double check that, but that was just kind of what uh, what I saw. Yeah, no, definitely. Which also, uh, I believe, functions as a pretty good segue uh, into what I think we'll do as a somewhat abbreviated uh, section here towards the end. So it sounds to me like I, I think we're we're fairly unanimous in the in the opinion that uh, this is something that someone either who maybe had some nostalgia for this and just hasn't picked it up in a long time, or if they're just brand new to either the Mega Man series as a whole or the, the Game Boy uh, games specifically, um, I think we all are in agreement that this is something that is worthwhile for them to to pick up and, and you know spend their, their precious gaming time with. Does, does that sound about right? I would agree with that, yes. Yeah. Play 5, and I'm going to say Mega Man, Dr. Wily's Revenge, play that, because it's the very first Mega Man game i ever played, and I have heavy nostalgia. I want everyone to feel the pain that I did when I was a 7-year-old child and couldn't, once I beat Anchor and died and got a password and played later, I had to start over and fight Anchor again. I didn't have the weapon, and I gave up. So, all of you feel that pain. This sounds like some deep scars, Chris. Do you, you want to talk about Shut it? Shut up. Play Mega Man, Dr. Wily's Revenge. <laughs> Without save states, nothing else, bitches. Play, play, play Wily's Revenge so you have a better appreciation for five. How about that? Sure. 
It's it's like Fast and the Furious. It like you start at like movie five, and it like starts to get actually interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you never had your car. <laughs> you just got you just you just got like a little tricycle riding around instead, instead of a big badass muscle car. You're just got Vin Diesel on a little trike. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but somehow it still has NOS canisters on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Nitro trike. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, gentlemen, I think that was a, a good discussion. Um, good episode. So a- as we are want to do, once we start winding this bad boy down, uh, we like to take a little bit of time to talk about the ways that you can reach out to us. And if you are a, uh, a longtime listener, then you are probably already aware that we are uh, we are on just about every social media platform, so you can uh, you can get in touch uh, either on our Facebook page or through our Instagram. Um, you can also send an email to podcast at retrohangover.com. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to leave some suggestions or feedback on things that you'd uh, like to hear us talk about or uh, some of the things that we have talked about and perhaps we were just uh, egregiously wrong about something and you want to let us know, you can do that as well. Um, but as far that's pretty much it for us. But uh, Seamus, where can people find you on on the World Wide Web? Uh, if you just go to YouTube and you punch in uh, Gray Man Games, you can find my channel really easily. Uh, the icon is just uh, literally a drawing of my face. You can't miss it. And um, everything else, you can find it at spberk.com. You can find uh, my Patreon and you can find my uh, social media from both of those links. You might want to spell Burke for the people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, B-U-R-K-E. You know, I've never talked about this. So I've known Chris for a while and he knows that every nobody can spell my first name on their first try. But... The weird one is when people misspell or mispronounce my last name because it's S-P-B-U-R-K-E. Like B-U-R-K-E, just Burke. Nice and simple, right? And what Mm -hmm. I get a lot is Berkey, and I have never understood that. I'm like, there is literally no human being on Earth named Berkey. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Well, that's like, I mean, with with a last name like Kosky, uh, I've gotten used to getting um, Sean Koshy a -hmm. lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. It's like 50-50 on whether somebody calls me Sean or not. So I just answer to both at this point. And I don't want to hear either of you talk about last names right now. It's a very sore subject. <laughs> uh, cop Lion. Is that, is, that what it, is that what it is? One of many. Copleyan. <laughs> Copleyan. 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 I've heard it. Well, Copleyan is right, but everything else. Yeah. Is, uh, I've heard it. Well, I want and somebody back... to go out there and draw a cop lion for us. <laughs> Isn't that just like the plot of Zootopia? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Which, which, by the way, like, Chris, back me up on this. They just bomb in assuming they know how to spell or pronounce it. And I'm like, they never ask. Like, it would just be so simple just to ask how to do it. But they're just like, I got this. And I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) And you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, once again, yeah, absolutely. Um, Before we, we turn this thing off, as we've had this long outro going here. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much, Seamus, for showing up. Uh, like Seamus said, I've, I've known this guy since, since high school. Great dude. Um, definitely check out his work. He has so much good stuff here on the internet. His channel's fantastic. Uh, very, very appreciative that you showed up to uh, do this episode today. So once again, Seamus, thank you very much for being here. Uh, and thank you for having me. All right. Well, uh, in that case, uh, until next time. Joysticks, play them rapidly. (laughs) 